the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Well, hello, everyone. This is Al Fadi, and I want to welcome you to our special live stream from our studios. And of course, many of you are veterans now. You are familiar with our format where we do this in two parts, simply because I'm not only doing a live stream and I'm not only doing it in video, but also I am uh, taking into consideration my radio show, also called Let Us Reason. And usually it's about 24 minutes in length uh, for each uh, episode. So Uh, This uh, particular uh, uh, live stream right now is going to be two parts. Uh, The first part will be 24 minutes, uh, give or take, and the second part will be 24 minutes, also give or take. And we will take like about a minute in between. And then when we're done, we may take a couple of minutes after that for any additional Q&A. With me here, of course, in our studio is a special guest. But let me tell you what's going to happen in this live stream and later today. So I have at least one guest right now that is joined me, an ex-Muslim. Many of you are familiar with. When I mention the name, you'll know whom I'm talking about. And we are going to talk about Ramadan from our own background, and we'll make a comparison between our experience as Muslims when we used to, uh, you know, deal with fasting and uh, engage with our families and friends during this month and how we used to behave and so on and so forth. And then we'll make a comparison with our understanding now as followers of Jesus. Then, uh, after the conclusion of this live stream, uh, we're going to take about, you know, maybe about 10 minutes, give or take. Uh, You you may not really probably see us at that point. We'll come back again, and I'm going to have Anthony Rogers uh, with me. And we will entertain the same way, a different topic, two parts. And then after the conclusion of that at 6 p.m. New York Times or uh, about that time, I'm going to have another special guest, David Wood, who is going to conclude with me this uh, live stream marathon for today at least. Tomorrow, we will have two more live streams to continue this marathon. The first one will be with Dr. Jay Smith, two parts also. And the last one will be with Brother Mel to continue our talk about the uh, historicity of Muhammad or the historical Muhammad, if you wish, and the uh, critique about his, um, you know, uh, the real Muhammad compared to the new findings uh, that is pointing out to possibly a different character per se. All that to say is this. Uh, 
I'm hoping that you are going to enjoy these live streams. Make sure you invite others to join us. Even if they couldn't join us right now, obviously, you can always share the link with them. And keep in mind that uh, the topics are going to vary. Even though we are live, doesn't mean that we're not going to be taking breaks in between, in between the parts, and also sometimes in between the live streams themselves. So I appreciate your patience with us. This is something new that we are trying for the first time. But the studio is amazing, uh, have been uh, improving and enhancing equipment, uh, Zoom capabilities, and other uh, technological uh, enhancements as well, uh, some of which probably tomorrow I'll try to take you behind the scenes to show you what is going on, what is happening. I want to thank all of you, of course, for your prayers, and many of you are also supporters of this effort and these uh, developments and enhancements. With me here in studio right now, it is uh, really with distinct pleasure, I'd like to introduce to you Daughter of Christ. So I want to welcome her to our virtual studio. Uh, hello. Can you hear me? Hello. I can hear you, brother. Hi. How are you? Thank you so much uh, for uh, making time for us. I know how busy you are. And also, I know that it's uh, probably uh, already late, uh, you know, where you are residing at the moment. With that in mind, dear sister, you know that this is the month of Ramadan, and I don't know about you, uh, I mean, I'm, I don't mean to put you in a spot uh, in terms of emotional things, but I am, I'm always, you know, every time Ramadan hits, I, I feel so emotional. I miss my family, I miss my friends, I miss my uh, homeland, I miss the experience just of being with people, and, uh, you know, many know uh, that I haven't seen my mother in over 20 years, and uh, it's painful. But at the same time, uh, I feel a sense of relief as well that I don't have to go through the exercise of doing the fasting that I used to do, even though uh, fasting is, I'm sure, a healthy thing. Uh, our Lord fasted. We are taught to fast for certain reasons, but what I mean is not the religious regimented uh, thing anymore for us. It's done for totally different reasons. Why don't you share with me your experience, for instance, when Ramadan hits every year? Uh, thank you, brother. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be part of your marathon, uh, even if it's just for a short leg. God bless you for that. Uh, I share what you say about the feeling, the emotional part of Ramadan. Unfortunately for Muslims, Islam catches you by the emotion rather than reason. So I'm glad you call your programs, Let Us Reason. Islam um, structures things around fasting to play on people's emotions. So it's not so much about getting close to God, but it's more about if you live back home, you know, in our, our countries, they, they bring out the Fawanis, the lanterns. Uh, they put decorations in the street. Uh, people come together uh, around the iftar table they would break their fast with their families. So when we, uh, when the Lord touches our hearts, actually brings us out of the falsehood of Islam. And then you find yourself uh, reviled, you find yourself pushed out, uh, kicked out of the family structure, the, you know, the, the warmth of the family. When Ramadan comes along and you're outside that religion, you feel the longing back to just this togetherness um, that you had before. And, uh, but then when that happens to me, brother, I remind myself, no, look what the Lord has saved me from. Because even though we have all this good stuff that you talked about, 
family and the love and the togetherness, at the end of it was hell because it is a false religion and it is a false prophet and the love of your family, it doesn't save you from hell. You know, what good will that do when you find yourself at the end, when you realize that all this was for nothing and it wasn't really God and you die and you face a God that you've never known because of Satan has worked structure in such a way to trap people by their emotions in a false religion. Amen. Amen. Again, if uh, you're joining us, uh, you are um, not only watching our live stream, Let Us Reason, but uh, if you are on radio, this is uh, part one of our uh, podcast, Let Us Reason. And this podcast uh, will end in about 16 minutes from now. And then we will do part two with us here in studio, virtually at least, Daughter of Christ. And we are talking about Ramadan. Uh, first, from our Islamic background and our past experience. And then we're going to talk about it right now as believers in Christ as well. Uh, Brother Nasser was going to join us. I'm not really so sure what happened. I hope he's doing fine. Maybe uh, the studio can kindly just follow up with him quickly by email if possible. If not, maybe during the break, I can check with him by phone. But all that to say is uh, I you know, definitely um, share the same experience that you are uh, sharing here. And um wanted just to ask you, um, when you accepted Christ, um, how did you understand fasting, at least at the beginning of your journey? Uh, did you really believe that uh, what Islam says, that is, uh, fasting was prescribed to us as it was prescribed to others in the past, meaning to other religions through other prophets? Uh, yeah, so when I was Muslim, I did believe that. Um, what Islam does, it, it, it puts you... It puts you in a in like a stage of time. So it says the Jews had it one way, the Christians had it another way, and now we have Islam, which is the best and the completion of like the pinnacle of all this. So um, yes, uh, Islam. So Islam says that fasting was prescribed for you as it was prescribed for people before you, and that means that it was the same source, God, and it's a beneficial thing. It's a good thing for you. Um, it's this is the half truth, which is what I discovered when I read the bible when i read the gospel what the lord said what is that the fasting of islam brother this is not fasting it's not okay i discovered what fasting really is when i came to christ fasting in islam is all about uh, when i was muslim it was all like a sale to me like ramadan is a sale you know it comes once a, once a year you have to work hard to get your forgiveness to get good deeds to get your balances of you know um balances of good deeds up so Allah will will accept you whereas fasting when you come to Christ I don't fast so that Christ accepts me he already has accepted me I don't have to work for his love and acceptance mm. that's one uh, it's not and it's not a sale <laughs> it's not like a special time of year where you know you get you know 50% off you know you get you get an easier uh, easier path to Jannah no you can fast anytime during the year and the way Muslims fast, um, and they know this, is that everybody knows you're fasting. Everybody knows they're fasting. It's a show of I'm fasting. And uh, whereas the Lord Jesus Christ says, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others. Amen. And your father who is in secret, he rewards you. Whereas Islam, everybody knows you're fasting and it's not a secret. It's a, it's a show of pride. 
um, fasting in Islam is all about you. Sorry. Oh, no, no, I, I agree. I mean, absolutely. Uh, I remember, for instance, uh, I mentioned to you earlier before the show started that not only I was fasting Ramadan, but uh, if you remember, the, the Prophet of Islam says that he was also fasting or encouraging the fasting on Mondays and Thursdays uh, for extra uh, good deeds. Uh, you know, little that I knew that the Pharisees used to fast these days, and now I understand why he was <laughs> fasting the same days, of course. But I used yeah. to do that, but I made sure all of my friends knew that I was fasting, and I was fasting those days. In other words, I was trying to elevate myself above them and be an example for them, per se. Yeah, we all know that there's nothing original about Muhammad at all. Like, every idea he has, he probably just borrowed from the Jews, or it's, it's an idea that he borrowed from somebody. And he includes the Mondays and Thursdays. My brother, you must have been a better Muslim than me, because I didn't do the Mondays and Thursdays uh, outside of Ramadan, because I followed the hadith that says, if you fast Ramadan and then you fast the sixth of Shawwal, which is the month after, it's as if you fasted the lifetime. So I was very sort of clever trying to be economical with it. I said, well, it's as if I fasted, you know. So, so you must have been more devoted than me, brother. That's right. That's right. So, for instance, you know, even though the Quran says that uh, fasting was prescribed to Muslims as it was to prescribed to people before, listen to, for instance, one hadith by Ibn Khuzayma. Uh, this is what it says. Abstain, this is Muhammad speaking, abstaining from food for my sake, abstaining from drinks for my sake, abstaining from desires for my sake, and abstaining from sex for my sake. So it seems like Muhammad is contradicting his Quran as always. And claiming now this fasting actually is for his own sake, not for the sake of God. If Allah really is the one who prescribed it, at least Muhammad would say for the sake of Allah or for the sake of Allah who instituted it for others before you. So have you ever uh, came across anything like this as you were studying on fasting and Islam? It's very interesting, brother. Uh, Muhammad gets his pronouns wrong a lot of the time because um, as we know, Allah is his alter ego. Is He's imagining a God that's telling him these things, whereas he himself is saying it. Um, there is a similar hadith, brother, um, where Muhammad says, uh, whoever grants me what's between his jaws, meaning the tongue, and what's between his legs, meaning, you know, his desires, if he grants me that, then I'll, paradise will be for him. When he should have said, God, but he, he for, forgot, he forgot his pronouns. Uh, I think that's very, very interesting, brother. Yes, yes, uh, I know. Yes. Uh, we, uh, good news, we have Brother Nasser with us here. So um, I want to welcome uh, Brother Nasser uh, to our virtual studio. Uh, I think there'll be probably a few seconds of a delay here before, before he is here with us. But uh, we are going to ask Brother Nasser uh, the same thing. Uh, to uh, hear from his perspective about fasting and Ramadan. Again, if you're tuning in, this is Let Us Reason. This is our live stream in video format. It is being live streams as we speak right now on both Facebook at my personal page, alfadi.sira, and our also YouTube channel, Sira International. Speaking of which, by the way, we're probably going to hit 65,000 subscribers as we speak right now um, because we were almost knocking on the door of 65,000 subscribers. So I want to thank all of you for uh, being you know, part of our journey uh, to this milestone. Uh, do we have Brother Nasser with us? Uh, it doesn't look like... Hey, uh, Brother Nasser, how are you? 
I am doing well, my brother. How are you? I'm doing fine. I'm sorry we were worried about you, and I hope uh, <laughs> you know it wasn't just uh, something on our part. But uh, you haven't missed really no, a whole okay. lot. Uh, we have a special guest, uh, our dear sister, daughter of Christ. And uh, I don't know if you've ever uh, interacted with her in the past, but you probably have uh, heard her testimony and also some of her yes. amazing, um, you know, topics that she does with me and also with Sister Hatoon. Um, brother, yes. the, the the way we're doing this is that the first half uh, is going to be for my podcast and the second half also for my podcast. So we usually uh, spend 24 minutes doing the live stream, then we pause for a minute, and then we do the second part as well for 24 minutes. Um, okay. We have about eight minutes left to finish the part, uh, this part, part one. So I asked Sister uh, Daughter of Christ to tell us about her experience growing up as a Muslim concerning fasting and Ramadan and what that meant for yeah. her. And I also shared about myself emotionally. It does hit me every time it happened because I remember family, friends, and, and just the fellowship at the, over there. So what about you, brother? You want to share just a little bit of that? We, Like I said, we have about eight minutes. We can you know, sure. uh, spend a few minutes, and then the next part we continue. Yeah. Uh, oh, my goodness. Like... Uh, Ramadan, like when I was young, you know, I'd look forward to it pretty much all year long. Like it was for me as a young Muslim, like it was like how people in the West get about Christmas, uh, you know, because I one, uh, if, if Ramadan fell during the school year, like your school hours were shorter, um, you could sleep in, you would get to see like your whole family, like all the time, like the whole month long you know, aunts and uncles, maybe from other parts would like come and like, we'd all stay in the same city for days. We'd have like a most amazing meals you would eat, which sounds funny. I know to some people, you know, the month of fasting. And yet that's like when all the best food comes out every single night and you're just eating meal after meal after meal, you know, until sometimes three or four o'clock in the morning and having a great time, seeing friends, seeing family, cousins, and then you go to sleep. And yeah, it was just so, so much fun. Uh, you know, it, when I, when I first learned about, you know, as uh, I was old enough to, to begin, you know, doing my salah, doing my prayers and, and participating in the fast, I was so worried about like, oh, am I going to be able to keep from, you know, not not eating anything during the day wasn't the part that bothered me, but the idea of like not drinking anything, not having one drop of water mm -hmm. all day long. I was like, how do you do that? And I was so nervous about that. And then I, I realized like watching the adults, you know, in the family, like, oh, it's just you just sleep all day. You just become nocturnal and, uh, you know, you get up to do your prayer, you know, um, at noon and afternoon. And then the rest of the time you, you don't have to do anything and you can just eat and drink as much as you want all night. And it's, it's so easy. I hear you, brother. I hear you. And uh, again, I want to thank uh, Sister uh, Chloe Waked for her uh, generous uh, super chat because we hit the 65,000 subscribers. I want to thank the Lord for that. It's, uh, it's his accomplishment. That's awesome. Uh, I did not really do anything other than the fact that um, uh, we, myself and this amazing team, by the way, here in this studio. I wish I can really present him one by one. They deserve all the honor, but I understand also uh, sometimes safety and security is important. Um, 
I am so thankful for my Lord to allow me the privilege of serving him using platforms like this and have brothers and sisters like you, um, uh, you know, uh, Nasser and uh, Daughter of Christ. Uh, with that in mind, Daughter of Christ, uh, in the last four minutes, uh, do you want to add anything to what Nasser says? Because in the second part, I want to start to assess uh, Ramadan at a more critical level uh, and want to reach out to our Muslim friends to help them wake up from this deep sleep thinking that they are doing something required by God to earn good deeds to allow him to enter into heaven one day. Um, I'm so thankful that Brother Nasser had such a good time with Ramadan. I didn't uh, because uh, I grew I grew up, some of my life was in the West and you can't just sleep all day and uh, wake up all night if you have any kind of a job or study or anything uh it was extremely exhausting um you know i you you can't do that so i was up all night praying and eating like nasser was saying enjoying but then i had to get up 7 a.m for lectures at university for work and then i have to work all day in the heat if you fast in the summer without water without a drop of water that was that was hard so uh, I have a slightly different <laughs> and not very fond memories when it comes to the practicalities of it. And um, women have to cook as well for the men. It's the women's job. So men sleeping and women are cooking uh, for hours in the kitchen to make you all these great meals, brother. But uh, we thank God that we're both out of it. So, Oh, I have to say, uh, kunafa is my favorite basically <laughs> dessert during Ramadan. That's the only time I would eat kunafa, yeah. you know, and uh, it's just amazing. Well, um, you know, I want to close by by just uh, making this comment, and I think, uh, Daughter of Christ, you did touch on it, saying that Jesus actually asked us not to show off when we're fasting, and, and you know, Nasser, I want you maybe to comment on that before we close. Uh, it seemed like Ramadan really is intended for show off. I mean, I, uh, I mean here, is, here is a saying by the prophet in uh, Book of Bukhari, Hadith number 31, I'm sorry, uh, Book number three, uh, 31, Hadith number 118, it says that if anyone were to fight you, I'm just paraphrasing it. I mean, first Muhammad went through a list of things that you should avoid, as always. Observe this, observe this, avoid that. But if anyone were to fight you or abuse you, you should tell them, I am fasting. So, in other words, I'm not going to fight with you right now. I'll fight with you later. <laughs> what say you, Nasser? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that. Um I, I will say just uh, in regard to what our, our sister just shared, yeah, I can't I can't imagine uh, having that that lifestyle that we had in, in Saudi during Ramadan, like doing that in the West. Like I don't like we're everything because that that's the that's the wonderful thing when you live in a in a Muslim country is like the whole culture, the whole society is bent towards accommodating the religion. But you know, good luck making Western culture accommodate that, that, yeah, that lifestyle during Ramadan is like insane. Um, it, as far as it being, you know, uh, conducive to showing off. Yeah. I mean, I, I personally sort of, you know, made it my mission. I was always trying to outdo, you know, other members of my family and, you know, how well I, I observed, you know, the, the regulations, the commands in Islam. And so I, I, you know, always like, I wouldn't, I would never cheat. You know, I, I'd sometimes know, I have friends at school that would cheat during the day or if they, you know, if they really wanted to play soccer in the afternoon and they couldn't wait, you know, and then they'd want a drink of water or whatever. And they think, you know, who's gonna, who's gonna care, 
Uh, like I, I would never do any of that. And I brag about it, right? Because if you can do the thing that it's asking you to do, even if it seems extreme, now you have something to brag about, to boast about. And, and I, I for sure that that part of me that, that liked that, that liked um, showing off, that liked, um, you know, the praise of other people, you know, that definitely that part of me was fed um, by uh, the, the restrictions that, you know, placed on you during the day on Ramadan. Um, just like, you know, it's, it's a thing to brag about that you get up for the early morning prayer. Like how many people skip that prayer? How many people sleep in? And yet, you know, like if like in, in Saudi, like in the, the local message to the local mosque, you know, that was like the least attended prayer for a reason. Like when you go actually show up and not just pray from home, but actually go to the mosque, like walk to the mosque and pray there. And there'd be like five people in the room praying um, versus, you know, any other the other four prayers of the day, you know, have a ton more people, even even during Ramadan, which is sort of surprising because most of us hadn't gone to bed yet anyway, like we've been up all night. But yeah, uh, but still, so I would do that because I wanted people to see I want people to see that I was there, see that I was praying, see that I took this stuff seriously. And I was very proud of that. Yeah. Well, thank you, brother, for sharing this. Hold your thought, because when we come back, we want to talk about our experience in the West. Uh, and this uh, is the uh, basically brings us to the conclusion of our part one of Let Us Reason, the podcast.